Hi, my name is Tracy G and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality and a world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today, and it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provide tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change step by step, ripple by ripple. Hi! How are you? Good! So how are you? Yeah. How's your week been? Not too bad. I had Friday off, so I was very excited. I love my nine-day fortnights. It's amazing. And what did you do? Took myself to brunch because, you know, brunch is something I love and had my avocado on toast. Oh, I my was- gosh, such a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I did with my poached eggs. Um, I didn't like the eggs. I don't know. I paid like 30 bucks for this breakfast, but um, <laughs> again. Um, Millennials, yeah. But you're not a millennial, though, are you? No, I am. Oh, are you? Oh, typical yeah. millennial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the eggs weren't great. It tasted weird. <laughs> like, I don't know, like cardboard. So, yes. But anyway, I made myself feel better with shopping at Birkenhead Point. So, yes. And then I had hot pot in my place, so I was very excited. Um, I had a great day. I love taking myself out. What about you? Did you do anything exciting last week? Uh, I did. I was thinking, mm. what did I do? Last week, I... Yeah, I had a friend around for dinner. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen her in a while, so we caught for dinner, cooked dinner. And at the weekend, I had drinks with friends as well, some friends I hadn't seen. And then I took myself to the beach for a walk in the morning with with the doggy. Sounds lovely. I know. It's lovely. It was a really beautiful day, actually. It was really busy, of course, at the beach. And then, oh, yeah, and then spent the rest of the day cleaning and cooking. Those kind of things. Mm. so thanks for asking and I didn't have a date remember I was talking about the date I didn't have a date they cancelled it's the second second first date cancellation I've had oh really yeah oh that's weird well at least it wasn't a um what's the word at least I wasn't stood up that's worse that is much worse yes that would be terrible so yes I suppose this is better but um still poor form I feel yeah yeah so um very very unlikely to have a second go around at a first date you know like i don't Mm -hmm. know it's me yeah and then obviously woke up to the very sad news last week as well about the queen yes that was well i suppose not altogether shocking um because she was what 96 i think yeah, so she did very well. But I think the Queen Mother lived to like a hundred and something, actually. So mm. Mm. anyway. Yeah, but she she worked 70, 70 years. Yes, yeah, seventy yeah. years. Yeah. 70 Can you imagine? Years. Can you imagine being in the same job for seventy years? <laughs> no, I can't. It would be crazy. So, yes, but I suppose if the job is Queen of England, I don't know. <laughs> Might be. Yeah. 
Uh, and now we have King Charles. Now we have King Charles. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the and the Queen, by the time this goes to air, mm. this goes out, um, the Queen will have had her funeral. Mm. And yeah. what a big affair. Mm. I'm, I'm sure it'll be huge. So many people have already been turning up. I've been watching, like, you know, um, oh, who is it? William, Prince William and Harry have been out with their wives and, you know, walking down um, because people have gathered and, and in mourning and things like that. And there were thousands, tens of thousands of people already. So True. Mm. And I think it's worth celebrating. Well, whether you're a royalist or not doesn't really matter. Exactly. Like, yes, it's, it's like a remarkable woman mm-hmm. and an absolute feminist mm-hmm. um, to hold power it's from such a young age mm-hmm. can you even imagine what she may have had to overcome mm-hmm. or navigate as a woman especially even now even in this day and age where it's more progressive yeah. um yeah that age as well well yeah i think i think we were talking about it earlier that it's it's weird that even even as far as we've come it's still hard nowadays to identify yourself as feminist because you know people always feel that's not a good word to not a good you know badge that you should be wearing you know mm. there's always a quite a qualifier i'm a feminist but not one of those feminists. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think of a feminist. I guess it depends what feminist mean to you. What does feminist mean to you, Mino? Um, well, see, again, I feel as if I have to explain that I don't, as a feminist, I don't hate men, you know. No, but you... what does it mean? Not what does it not mean? What does it mean uh, to you? Well, I mean, for me, I just, I believe that, you know, all women should be equal um and that doesn't and that means not judging women for what they want to do you know whether you want to have a career and have kids at the same time or you know um you want to have a career but you don't want to have kids or you don't want a career you just want to stay at home and look after your you know 10 children you know that's what you want to do and we should be able to do that without without judgment and actually be able to celebrate all of those achievements and to help every all of those women um, to make sure that they're safe and happy and whatever. Because mm. I think it's, for me, I think it's so much around a lot of women not having access to, like some women, yes, they're they're fine and they're protected and they're, you know, feel safe. But then there's a whole lot of other women who live in poverty and, you know, um, have aggressive home lives and things like that that don't have access to, you know, proper care and things that. Is that yeah, mm. and maybe that is because they're in a subset of of a group, you know, low socioeconomic mm. or something. But yeah, okay. What That's does good. feminism mean for you? Um, to me, it means freedom. It means freedom and respect, and to be treated the same as men, as in given the same opportunities, be measured by. Your character being measured by your ability or being given opportunities based on your potential and just not differentiate in any way. And, you know, having the same rights and to be safe, to have work. Um, but there needs to be, obviously, there needs to be support because you're the one, because women are the one that have the babies. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about it a few weeks ago when we talked about Serena Williams like the fact is she has to physically carry and deliver the baby and be part of its you know early Mm. care so to get support for that need and that's because we are women so I guess that's what it means to me to have those freedoms Yeah. yeah I don't know I was raised in a family with um very specific gender roles I suppose and you know that about me I don't I can't even carry shit so it's like thing you know women work in the house men work outside but um actually I think what helped me to be who I am is to have my mom who's actually a very strong woman 
And mm. you this. Your mum's a very strong woman as well. I know your mum's a very strong woman. She scared yeah. she scared me once. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, even my mum, I who I probably she probably wouldn't identify as a feminist, is a total feminist because of you know, um everything she's achieved in her life. So mm-hmm. like um the queen. Like the queen, yeah. And I was like reflecting on like she had three children. She she was the head of state, so she had, to, and actually interesting as well because she knows she travelled a lot around yeah. the Commonwealth, and she met the heads of states in different countries, and how that how she I don't know how did she carry how she carried herself, mm. um, her presence, knowing that she may be perceived as less because she is a woman. Mm. Yeah. And how differently she may have been treated if she wasn't actually the queen. Because there would be in some countries that still have a very uh, a very of old ideas about gender mm. and position and status. Yeah. Mm. And, and then so- I think people did talk about you know how much her husband I forgot his name now. Prince Philip? Yeah. <laughs> Please, whatever. I'm bad with names. Anyway, the other guy she was married to. Um, just the one. Yeah. Oh, just the one. Yes, true. She wasn't married to multiple men, as far as we know. Um, that how much he gave up to be consort to the queen. Like it was like a thing, like a sacrifice, you know, whether because if it had been reversed, nobody would have talked about any sacrifice um, that the woman would have made, but um, because he'd given up his naval career or whatever it was, Mm. you know, all the promising. But women do that all the time. Exactly. (laughs) I know, but it's a thing when men do it, you know, Mm. um, and talked about. Yeah. And I mean, he did. And then even for, even like commending him because that was also not the norm at the time. Mm, yeah. Mm. It's also not the norm at the time. But then one of the things that somebody rem- somebody pointed out that I just hadn't realised and why I really th- believe the Queen was a feminist mm-hmm. is the fact that she changed the rule about the heir to the throne. Yes. Um, and how they could also be, it should just be the first the firstborn is the heir, whereas it used to have to be the first male. Mm. And if there was no male, then obviously it went to yes. who was there. Mm. But she's the one that changed that after all this, after all the years of the monarchy. Mm. So for me, that made her, that's, she made that one little thing, that one little contribution movement forward. Yeah. So that's that's the reason I think, wow, the Queen is a true feminist. <laughs> well, definitely. No, that definitely. was um, amazing and amazing for England, I think, because I think a few countries have done it. Um, but for England, I think it is a big deal because I think um, who is that? The princess, the Tasmanian one. Oh, which. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You were an Australian. I don't know. Princess Mary, is it? Yes. And I, I used to work at a place called the Princess Mary um, Cancer Centre. But anyway, um, yeah, she, yeah, they they did the same thing, I think. They did a bit of a rush to when she got pregnant to, to you know, make it so that the, the firstborn could, could, you know, have the throne as opposed to firstborn male. So, wow. you know, I like it. Yeah, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Sign of the times. Well, one hopes because you know there's always a little bit of regression that goes with the progression. I know it's like one step forward, two steps back sometimes, right? Yes, a little bit. So, um, anyway, so talking about two steps back, fortunately. So we, I found a news article mm-hmm. um, at the BBC. The headline reads, I want to see the rainbow flag raised in Iran. So that caught my attention and then it got a little bit sad. So in the article, um, it says that for the first time, two women known to have been lesbians have been sentenced to death in Iran. 
it marks a new stage in the Islamic uh, Republic's persecution of the LGBT. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. So mm. um, that is not a record we want to see set, but um, yeah. So uh, this poor lady, the article goes on to say that she said that my biggest hope in life is to raise the rainbow flag in Iran and shout this fact that we exist. Um, her name is Zara Hamidi, Hamidani, sorry, known as Sarah, talking to the BBC um, Persia in May 2021. Five months later, she was arrested by the Iran um, Revolutionary Guard, and now she has been tried and sentenced to death at the age of 31. Along with another woman, Elham Kudbar, 24. Yeah, it's crazy. So these women were friends and had a business relationship and they sold beauty products. And so Sarah wasn't a well-known LGBTQ, uh, LGBT activist, but she did have an Instagram account that was popular. And she talked about and, and occasionally talked about um, the LGBT communities in Iran and Iraqi Kazakhstan, which is where she was kind of living as well. So she talked to TV crews about that those communities and um the reason why is that she wanted she said why am why am i talking in public is because i want the L other lgbt friends to go through what i went um not to go through of course what i went through and i don't want other women um like me to go through forced marriage so she was married before and she had two kids and obviously she she did get a divorce and um and actually, she was arrested in Iran on the border of Turkey. Um, but one of her friends was saying she probably came back to Iran to to see her to see her kids. So she missed her them so much. But she was trying to seek asylum in Turkey at the time uh, when she was arrested. So uh, yeah, it was a very sad story. So is it illegal? Yeah, it is. So it says, so they were charged. So the the Iranian judiciary said that they were found guilty of human trafficking and corruption on earth, which is a Sharia law term that refers to anti-Islamic behavior. The trafficking um, accusation was first made on Iranian state television in November and the news report said that Sarah had been promoting offering young Iranian women higher education jobs and better lives in Iraq, Iraqi Kazakhstan, but um, had instead sold them into slavery. It is also said that she had been promoting illegal gambling and throwing um, LGBT parties. There was no evidence given of these accusations, however, and the human rights group Amnesty International has rejected them. So awful. Yeah, poor woman. So the so the law specifically is a Shari law. Is that is that what I understand? Yeah, I believe correct. So. About that, what was what did they call it? What did so they um, anti? What was it? Corruption on Earth. That's yeah, human trafficking and corruption on Earth is what they call it. But they have um, Iranian authorities have prosecuted gay men under bogus charges. You know, um, because under Iranian law, sex between two men is punishable by death. But authorities don't charge them with that. They charge them with offences such as rape and incest and drug trafficking, you know, to, to make it look like that's not what they're doing. But they generally haven't um, gone after women before. So, um, because it doesn't, the sex between two women is not punishable by a death, um, death sentence, but up to 100 flogs. So, so how do you get death sentence, which is the poor mm. woman's been murdered, how do you get a death sentence from, yeah. if it's not, it's this whole, oh, well, that's terrible, this whole, uh, sorry, what did, was it, what did you say again? Well, but the, that's what it is because it's bogus. I don't believe they're right of real charges. No, but the one that's to um, um, the one the part that's ambiguous. Human trafficking is very specific, yes. and that doesn't and, and the, that 
it's not no evidence they did like says in that story there was no evidence but the, the other one the corruption on earth what does that even mean yeah exactly i don't yeah it doesn't really explain what that means but um yeah um it is yeah they they had said they were accused of spreading homosexuality and promoting Christianity. Spreading um, homosexuality. Yeah, and communicating with media um, that is hostile to the Islamic State. The Islamic wow. State. So, um, yeah. And it makes you wonder why now? Yeah, exactly. Because the article does go on to say that Iran was not always like this, of course. Um, we know that before 1979, the Islamic Revolution, many international LGBT figures, including Andy Warhol, travelled to Iran. And there were rumours that the um, Shah's favourite prime minister was gay. So, but, you know, it goes on to say that my generation has suffered a lot under the rule of the Islamic Republic. Since the news of um, Sarah came out, I've deactivated all my social media accounts. I don't want to get arrested and executed. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I wonder what changed in the country. But yeah. then I say that, I wonder what changes in most countries with the way mm. we're seeing women treated even. Yeah. Well, I think people have been working at this for a while, right? Like as much as you've got people who um, are trying to do their level best for the LGBT community in these countries like Sarah, but um, you've also got authorities trying to work against them every day. So mm. um, I'm sure that they were trying to get her and arrest her for a really long time. So um, yeah, that's a tragedy. It really is. Mm. And and you know when you hear news like that, you're just like, oh, don't know. It doesn't give you a lot of hope, right? Well, there's a few things. There's one, I'm, I guess I'm grateful where we live. It may not be ideal in how we want it to be, mm. but we're not being executed. Mm. We're not being executed for our beliefs or for our opinions or even for... Mm who we are fundamentally who we are yeah exactly so yeah. we're not being forced to marry yes and, well we'd have been forced to marry ages ago yes. <laughs> <laughs> well never say never my mother would still probably like to do it if she could but, oh, oh. but no, no yeah. promoting christianity was interesting there well, she apparently she wore a cross in one of her media, like posts or things like that, um, and that's all it was really. I don't, I don't think she was in particular promoting, you know, Christianity. She was wearing a cross. But um, again, that it's a, it's a, again, yeah. freedom, yeah, freedom to choose a religion or not. Exactly. Um, I didn't realize that. Didn't realize so really good. It's good to share this story to bring attention mm. to the persecution yes. of others in parts of the world in 2022. Mm. Well, that was 2021, but um, well, I don't we, imagine it's got any better. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is recent, I think. But, you know, she's been, yeah, this was two days ago. It's just she's been an active, you know, the interviews with um, BBC were last year. The interviews with Sarah and BBC were last year, so they've used quotes from there. So It's awful. Yeah. But yeah, why now? No, really, why now? Mm, I don't know. Well, given all the changes, I feel like it's, you know, it's been a rough few years for uh, women and LGBT Trail minority. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Yeah. I wonder, like, I know this is a scary, scary thought. Um, I'm actually, I am actually comparing it to Hitler mm. and, you know, Nazi Germany. Mm. And I'm wondering if it's like a cycle of mm. mindset 
yeah. of where we're heading. Mm. And the factors, you know, the factors that lead to that. Because really, it's the people in power, right? It's the people in the highest levels. Mm. The people that lead. And I don't know, is that country run like by like a royal family or is it? Yeah, I believe my mom is. It's just like how, well, yeah, we're considered very lucky and privileged. Yeah. Pallavi dynasty was the last royal ruling for almost 54 years, 54 years, actually. Oh, hopefully that, you know, she doesn't die in vain Mm. and her voice is heard and shared through those stories. Such a sad story. Oh, dear. Um, Talking of countries, Mm. countries where with a bit with a lot more freedoms freedom of persecution Mm. to an extent not ideal not perfect the world isn't perfect countries are not perfect but I'd say England is pretty good I guess it would to an extent because of how the some of the terrible things that they did as a country like colonizing yeah. parts of the world. They were kind of forced to learn about other cultures. Yeah. It kind of forced them indirectly. You couldn't not be. Not to say there isn't discrimination and, you know, not to say that you've got such diverse leadership in, polit- in politics <laughs> either, but... Yes, I don't know if this new female prime minister is a good thing or not. Indications are not as promising as I would have hoped because I had no idea who she was till she came in power. And then when she started, you know, um, promoting some of her rhetoric and I was like, oh, maybe not. But anyway, but yeah, I guess I guess they had to say, for example, when they colonized, well, not colonized, they um took over India or whatever they call it. And all the Indian people followed them back home. So you were like, oh, you've got to get used to all the Indian people in England. Um, and now they have really good courage. Yeah. This is a lot with West Indian, West India, Caribbean. Exactly. I guess West Africa. Mm. Mm. Lots. So there's lots of flavours, lots of flavour. In England. Certainly, yes. Yeah, lots of flavour. Makes it tastier. (laughs) Well, I think I was talking to one of the girls at work and that was one of the things that she pointed out. You know, she's American, she's moved here. And, of course, we have an amazing array of, you know, Asian food and things like that, obviously. Lots of Asian Asian food is great. I think we do really well with Asian food. But she she says we, we do lack the Mexican and Latin food because we don't have a lot of immigration from that area so she's just trying to find good Mexican food and there really isn't very much it's very rare well it's yeah it's just I mean the cuisine you know the culture in any country is in is positively impacted by immigration I don't see negative I don't see negative and I'm sure somebody will say oh that's idealistic or something yeah but you know the people talk about overpopulation and Mm. but as our population grows, regardless of how it grows, whether it grows because we boom, baby boom, or if it grows because we have immigration, then, mm. you know, we, with great leadership, mm. we can accommodate growth. Yeah. You know what I'm curious about? It's oh, so God. random. Sorry, it's completely random. <laughs> right, go on. But, you know, like, I always thought, you know, since I've been, you know, going crazy with buying clothes, I was like, what would it be like? Because obviously for me, I'm like, I really want to wear a sari. I want to wear a sari more. But if, if I was in India, there would be no possibility because my family is, you know, fifth generation Fiji in India. But anyway, if I was in India. You well, know, you couldn't wear a sari. Yeah, but like you could just get dressed in the morning, wear a sari and go to work. Right. And what's stopping you from doing that here? <laughs> Can you imagine? 
I think you should do it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that would be insane. But you know what I mean? Like, Honestly, though, what are you stopping you? What? Tell me. <laughs> oh, no way. You can't wear a sari to work. People are going to look at you like you're mental. Um, it would just be too weird. Seriously, though, because I actually have, in you know, in the UK, my GP wore a sari. Really? Yeah, the, the um, wife, husband and wife, I guess Indian or Pakistan, I don't know. And it's been a long time, you know, as a child. Yeah. But, I mean, they were my childhood doctors. Yeah. Um, She wore a sari with a white coat over it. Yeah. No. Um, It wasn't, it's not, and you saw it, it's not unusual. So what makes it? I don't think you could do that here. I've never... I don't think I've I've seen women wear like a salwar with like like. But then I, I might be misunderstanding what a sari is. I don't know the exact <laughs> description of it. Look, it was in. It looked like a what maybe a sari, but it could probably not be a sari. Yeah, um, something that was though traditionally Indian clothing. Yes, yeah. but you, but you know what I mean. Like I've, obviously, I've never been. I grew up in a country that was like. Like India, like everybody was the mm. same, you know. Generally, well, India isn't very same, but you know, like it, it just for me, I was just like, well, you could do that. Just be a trendsetter, Meenal. <laughs> just start wearing sari, like or something, to work. If you, I think the, I think the thing is, are you comfortable wearing a sari? Not about anybody else, because wearing as long as you're not half naked in your <laughs> job, then I don't see that there's a problem. And what you wear? No, I don't. I don't think I would. This is more about how you feel. <laughs> I would be up for that, but yeah, if there was um alternate universe where I could do it, I would do it. Well, you can. You could do it here. You don't need an alternate. What would? All right, then. What would need to be the circumstances that you would do it? See, I object to wearing saris if it's like a, like you know, a fancy dress or a. Something I don't know. Somebody yeah, a fancy dress where it's not a suit. Like yeah, yeah, because it's not fancy dress. It's just you know, so I like a costume party or something. I find that irritating, but um, I don't know if if hmm, I don't know. So what? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there would be a situation where I wear a sari to work, even though I would want to try it. <laughs> All right, that's that's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? <laughs> okay. So wear a sari at work. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talking of, of dressing up, <laughs> this story oh, yeah. um, that I found quite refreshing, actually, and it's about um, it's it's an English. A lot of our news is English or Australian. Mm often but it's English oh and the headline is oh it's gone all funny on my screen (laughs) Miss England contestant is first to compete without makeup and I thought wow does that ever happen well obviously (laughs) it does um Miss England contestant Melissa Rofe I can't pronounce Rofe has brought the spotlight to the competition after becoming the first contestant to compete without makeup. In its 94-year history, the pageant has never had a bare-faced contestant. Never. And the move has gained Ralph, I can't say her name, a flood of support on social media. So I apologise, Melissa Ralph, for not being able to pronounce your surname correctly. The 20-year-old politics student from London decided to enter the competition sans makeup as she felt it would be a good platform to promote her inner beauty and challenge the standard social media perception of beauty. And she's quoted as saying that it means a lot to me as I feel many girls of different ages wear makeup because they feel pressured to do so. If one is happy in their own skin, we should not be made to cover up our face with makeup. Our flaws make us who we are, and that's what makes every individual unique. I think people should love and embrace their flaws and blemishes, as we know real beauty lies within. The Miss England pageant introduced the Bareface Round to the competition in 2019, and it's optional. 
And the organizer, Angie Beasley, added it. And she says it encourages women to show us who they really are without the need to hide behind makeup and filters on social media. This is the first time that a contestant has completely forgotten makeup. That's amazing. And she competed in the semifinal. And she says, yeah, she competed in the semifinal. Doesn't say she won. Maybe we've not got to that stage of the competition yet. Mm. I feel like I need say, to... I'm looking oh. at her photo and she is gorgeous, like even without makeup. So that's amazing. Mm. Yeah. But most of them probably are. Yes. I mean, they are competing in, in Miss England. So I imagine they are. Um, gorgeous. I've not got any makeup on by the way today. Oh. Just got my beautify touch up that zoom has yeah, um I, would not, I, I don't think i've ever not worn makeup i don't have makeup on today i started to wear less and less makeup actually well mostly in covid <laughs> <laughs> but even i would have makeup free days in the office when i was in the office as well really really but it was really completely uh driven by um efficiency because I didn't have time <laughs> so it's more important I have more time for work and sleep so it was driven by that but yes I was abs- I felt absolutely fine I got the, into the habit and it didn't then it, you know the first couple of times a big deal like, ooh, ooh. and actually the other person would go oh are you feeling all right yeah, yeah? <laughs> you get those comments and I'd be like yes I just don't have any makeup on today Oh, well. Um, But after a couple of times, it's fine. I just got used to it. And it's people getting used to your face. Because if you think about people have only ever seen you wearing makeup. Mm, Yes. And I I could honestly say I have a few friends where I probably don't remember seeing them not without any makeup on, my Mm. girlfriends. Yeah. Um, It's just being used to not seeing that. And I think that's why you might get the comment. Because people aren't used to seeing you without any makeup on. Yes. Well, most recently, most people have been telling me how tired I look. So, um, And you've got makeup on. Exactly. So you must be tired. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how I look without makeup on. Oh my God. Um, that's a scary thought. But yeah, I think it does. I mean, especially for someone who's competing in Miss England, I think it takes a lot of courage to do something like that. Because you know, going like I've never even gone to the office without makeup on. So... Mm. Uh, yeah do you know what we should have we should create it <laughs> an international makeup free day oh yeah honestly but we should get petition we'll have breakup marriages and relationships do you think well, <laughs> if it did then it wouldn't really it wouldn't be worth very much that relationship if that, if that was really what it took to break a marriage a relationship <laughs> but I actually would not surprise me there's husbands that have not seen their wives without makeup on oh yes we've heard the stories of women waking up at like you know the crack of dawn just to put their face on just so the husband doesn't see it in the morning so mm. it's mental I yeah, actually I like it. wearing makeup I'm nothing against makeup I love I love makeup I love how I can emphasize, you know, my eyes or whatever and yeah. create a different look mm. because I like variety. So I love how I can create a different look by through makeup, yeah. you know, and make like make up a fresh look or whatever. And actually more men wear makeup these days. Have you noticed? Yes, I have noticed. Mm. BTS, so yeah. Hmm? I follow BTS. What's that? The Korean boy band. Oh, a Korean boy band. Okay. Uh, they are well into makeup. So, yes, 100%. Which okay. I think is awesome. Like, yeah, like, I do. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's just emphasizing things. Mm. So, but I think you should should be. Mm. And it, I mean, it's unfortunate that you can't be comfortable without it. So much so that you wouldn't leave the house without it. Or, you know, people who in your inner circle couldn't see you without it I think that's a bit of a tragedy and says a lot about how you feel about yourself Hmm. which is yeah sad you know what they you know how they say like oh what if you had to live like a man for like 
I don't know, if you magically got turned into a man like one day and you had to live like that for a week, mm. what would you enjoy the most? For me, I think that would be like, I like makeup and whatever, but to just like not have to put it on. Oh, don't. Be like, oh, I'm just going to look out the door. Same with the sorry. <laughs> like just don't <laughs> wash my face. All right. And I, 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 let's see. All right. Tomorrow <laughs> we go to work it. without any makeup on. Oh, there's not. I'm going to clinics. <laughs> there is no way. Actually, I wear a ginormous mask in clinics, so I could potentially not wear makeup. So, you know. All right. So will you do a non-makeup day at some point when you're going to work and tell us <sighs> how that went? Oh, please. I think then the whole office will tell me how tired I look instead of, like, just the first five people who see me walk in and morning. <laughs> and walk out tonight like are you okay and I'm like geez I need to go get a facial or something just get some more sleep though yes that's probably what it is more sleep and more water mm. realized um I didn't actually get a drink of water before we started jeez, oh, I, I did um, say this to the HR lady accidentally it was just a, a long day and a rough day and she was you know I saw her in the in the bathroom and she was like oh my gosh you know it's such a long day today oh have you had the day I've had and it just it sort of came out and she said that she said that she said have you had the long you know Day I don't know. And I was just, the first thing that came to my head was, I have not peed all day. That's <laughs> said this, though. And she sort of just looked at me and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Come out of my mouth. And then because I didn't know a way to fix it, I'm just like, going to pee now. So... <laughs> but what it isn't that an interesting thing to a strange and interesting thing to say to someone have you had the day I have had yes no nobody's had the day you've had nobody's had anybody's day because everybody has a completely different experience exactly you know and I'm sure her day was was hard definitely but I had just been in clinic all day and literally had not had a drink of water or anything else so I was I was in a bit of a mood. All right. I might ask somebody that tomorrow. Have you had the day I've had? Yes, um, see what they say. See what they say. Because that's just, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that before. About um, their bodily functions at all. Yeah. Um, with that. Yes. Anyway, speaking of bodily functions. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice segment. That's great. Um, <laughs> so I have a news article from the Good News Hub. Thank God, some good news. And the title reads that Scotland is the first country to provide free period products. Woohoo! Oh, honestly, um, this is, I, I genuinely, obviously we've heard about this every now and then, but I genuinely never thought it would happen. But Scotland has become the first country to make period products free for everyone that needs them in a decision that was unanimously, which is an amazing word, unanimously. I love that word, unanimously. (laughs) Voted by Scottish Parliament. Go Scottish Parliament, honestly. So Monday, 15th of August, the Period Products Act came into force thanks to a bill that was proposed by Monica Lennon, a Labour MP, um, back in 2016. Wow. Monica for sticking to it. Um, Five years. Yeah, yeah, amazing. The law will allow anybody access to free sanitary products. Council and education providers will legally be required to provide these products. Lennon said that local authorities and partner organisations will work hard to make the legal right um, to access to free products a reality. And this is a big milestone um, for period dignity campaigners and grassroots movements, which um, shows the difference that progressive and bold political choices can make. And obviously, as the cost of living crisis takes hold, the Period Products Act is a beacon of hope, which shows that um, shows what can be achieved when politics politicians come together for the good of the people we serve. Um, which is amazing. Like politicians actually doing something nice. Um, yeah, it's amazing. That is incredible. Because I always wondered why we had to pay f- 
for that. I mean, there's so many arguments. Like, this is my very young thought. I think I remember thinking this when I was really young, you know, like a teenager. Why do we have to pay for these mm. when I absolutely need them? Mm. Yeah. And it and it would be dignified not to be able to have them. Yeah. Like, what would you do instead? Um, I guess I saw this... I saw this show about the bike, you know, not Vikings, but ancient time, like some different eras. Mm. And it was, I thought she was a Viking or Saxon or that kind of, you know, group where she used moss. They used to use moss. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You see moss um, to, uh, because I was like, yeah, the thought is what did they use? you know, before. I know. I don't know how hygienic moss would be. But well, yeah. yeah, you know, we don't go, you know, we'll go there. No. But, you know, you need, it's just a, a need. But then you could say, well, you need food and you need, you well, could argue all these things as well. Well, did you know that there's actually a a, 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 um, a name for being unable to afford sanitary products? It's called period poverty. I didn't. I did. I did not know that. That's what it says. And um, access to the, to the, like you're saying, access to the period products can be prohibitive for people in low income. And um, they interviewed somebody from um, a, a social enterprise called Hey Girls, and they're saying that they hear that a lot of mothers are going without period protection just so they can feed their children, and they're using things such as newspapers stuffed in socks. Or even bread because it's cheaper. Oh my goodness! Seriously, there you go. Then, yes, that's absolutely amazing. I remember I mentioned this to someone, and this someone is an amazing, smart, lovely person and a friend. And you know, she she mentioned that you know people when it's because they've tried to get it in lots of countries even in Australia I think there was an argument about having free period products as well and um the argument against is usually something like well if you make lots of things free for people like um that are on benefits then you're not you're not you're discouraging them for um from you know getting jobs or improving their circumstances because they get so many things for free. Not just it would be if there was lots of things. Yeah. And that would be an, another thing. And coming from a being raised in a family from benefits mm. myself, I just don't see how that rings true. Mm. I'm not going to say that nobody, there's not people out there that, you know, would take the piss really mm. if they're getting everything free and they don't want to work, whatever. I'm not saying that that's not mm. a reality, but I don't think it's a majority. I'd say it was a minority. Yeah. And really, it's about the majority that mm. you, you, you know, Absolutely. you're helping. It's the same thing that people um, say about don't giving, not giving homeless people money. Mm. Like, oh, they're going to blow it on booze or they're going to blow it on whatever. And it's like, well, what does it matter what they use? I would. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, but people do it all the time. Like people with money go on a bender and, and you know, do whatever they want. So mm. what's the problem? I don't think being judgmental about that is, is right. It's about Well, it's not. It's a justification for you not to part with your money. Exactly. But they should next tackle the pink tax because I think that's. that's oh, well, actually, I looked up because I was like, well, what's the situation in Australia? I know they've tried. I know there's been talk discussions about it, but they did at least get rid of GST. Oh. Um, and that was in 2019. Ooh, okay. So we don't actually pay GST on sanitary products since mm, 2019. I noticed that they've gone down in <laughs> I'm just trying to think if they've gone down in I didn't notice, but I, I, I didn't notice. But, I mean, there is, there's like, you know, there are... I think it just needs to be education because like so many women are moving into the cups now. Mm. So buying one, you know, one or two of those are reasonable for years. Yes. And you wouldn't need to spend the money on sanitary products. Mm. And I'd, let's not go into the situation where I try to use those things. Cause I'm like, yes. oh. <laughs> Cause I have, and I have bought one, but I've just haven't been able to just make it work. So. Well, I, 
oh, let's just say I'm thinking I needed a trip to A and E. I was <laughs> I was to do a removal. Let's just put it that way, and I was just so panicked. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> but lots of people use them successfully. I have to say, yes, yes. please don't let that. Please don't let my experience put you off. And I have to. Uh, and I would like to re-challenge that for myself, but don't let, you know, let that put you off. But at least we have that option now because that was, that's not been, a, they've not been around that long, maybe. Yes. Um, maybe but in the last 10 years, but. No judgment to anybody who doesn't want to use them. No judgment, yeah. not using them. I get the environmental argument for not using them. Yes. But... At the end of the day, we need something. Yes. And exactly. it's such a, it's such a, accomplishment and so heartening to hear about a government and a country That's making that decision for their citizens exactly. no it is an amazing news story and good yeah. luck and good good job scotland um, yeah. and at least like yeah. i say gst which if you're in the uk is like having no vat mm. on um, your products Yes. No, no tax. No tax. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think that's everything we want to talk about today. Mm. Um, just reminding listeners out there, we would love to hear your stories. We'd love to share some personal stories. Actually, oh, we haven't got time this week, but next week, maybe, Meal, you can share a personal story. Maybe. I will think of one. <laughs> maybe but other than that um we've enjoyed talking to you i've enjoyed talking to you as well Mino. Oh, <laughs> you always make me laugh oh yes with my randomness yes. and then i never want to listen to this again <laughs> why did i say that that's <laughs> no, so funny all right well thank you for joining me thanks for chatting and then we'll speak to you next week all right. see you next wednesday see you next wednesday Bye. 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 Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!